So let me ask you, do you move well, eat well, and sleep well? Do you feel that modern medicine is looking out for your best interest? Do you know how to take care of your body so you can stay pain-free and in the activities you love? Do you know what options you have? If not, that's a problem, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Trevor Fulter, and welcome to the Green Bay Health Project Podcast. Green Bay Health Project podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility, stability, and strength. Your body is your greatest tool, and when you move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movementgb.com, that's mvmtgb.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free for life. Yeah, what's going on, guys? It's uh, Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project podcast, and today we are talking with Maggie Lavat of Massage by Maggie. She is a massage therapist, um, a naturopath with a lot of experience, and she loves to geek out on medical journals. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, thanks. We we did have this scheduled for like what was it? month and a half yeah and technology happened yeah (laughs) so here we are finally finally able to sit down and make it happen so i appreciate your time i know you got a lot going on too absolutely um what's that absolutely yeah for sure so um why don't you tell us a little bit more about your background because i know you've been doing things for quite a while um and then how like massage by maggie kind of came to be. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Trevor, for having me. I'm actually so happy to know that this podcast exists because um, I think people view Green Bay as still a small little city. And we are. Mm-hmm. We're our cute little jam here. But there's a lot of things yeah. happening. There's a lot of talented practitioners that are really branching out into different types of sciences that are more well known in bigger cities. Um, but we have it here too. And so I think this is such an important podcast to have to introduce all types of therapies, all types of practitioners to our Green Bay community. And we're all here for, you know, the greater purpose to just help one another and help us on our wellness journey and make our community better. Um, but my background is massage therapy and as a naturopath, I've been practicing massage therapy for about 18 years and working as a naturopath for probably about 10. I, um, let's see, I'll, I'll start here, I guess. Um, in high school, I worked at a nursing home in dietary and I absolutely Love that job. That's still one of my most favorite jobs. I just love working with elderly people. I love to cook. I love to create. And I noticed how important touch was for elderly patients. It just, you couldn't get away from them. They always wanted to give you a hug and a squeeze. And <laughs> and I loved that. And I just think there's something so special about that unconditional love. And um, it really inspired me to understand why touch is so important and why you know when we're happy we're hugging each other when we're sad we're hugging each other there's just such a wonderful component to touch so that led me to jump into massage therapy school right after high school and i went to blue sky massage therapy school here in green bay 
And at that point, uh, the owners and founders of the school, uh, I think were just a little bit ahead of their time with a massage therapy school here in the area. They really focused on Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, holistic health therapies. Um, at that point, as a massage therapist, we learned kind of the meat and potatoes of massage therapy and body work, but we were offered um, an opportunity to kind of study in a specialized way. You can learn about spa therapy treatments. You can learn more of the medical approach, maybe working with like cancer clients or kind of on um, a level of working with PTs, or you could take an energetic standpoint. And that really fascinated me. Um, the energy course specialized in craniosacral therapy, Reiki, Tai Chi, polarity work. And um, I just thought that was so fascinating. Energy work just seemed so neat to me. So that's the route that I went. Um, from there, I trained at a school in Milwaukee to obtain my master's as a Reiki master at Angel Light School. It's really a beautiful school. I suggest it to anyone that's looking to take any type of energy therapy courses. It's just wonderful. Um, and then I just dove right in after massage therapy school into my own private massage therapy practice. And um, that was awesome. I just kind of said, I'm just going to open up shop. I'm going to be my own you know, boss and just take it from there. And I, being young, and this is before marriage and children, um, <laughs> you, just, you just get to dive into whatever you want when you're young, right? <laughs> right. Um, I had an opportunity to actually move about three hours north of Dallas, Texas, and help formulate a curriculum for a massage therapy school. Wow. Yeah. And I was very honored and humbled by that because I'm like, I'm just fresh out of school, you know, but I had a friend mm -hmm. that's like, you know what, you're so into health and wellness. Like, we just need you to put some input into this program. So I was so fortunate for a few years, I worked at a technical college and developed a massage therapy program. And um, just like you and all other healthcare professionals, we have to have insurance and pass our boards and have licensure that um, complies with our state. And where I was um, living at the time, there was no board to be had for massage therapists. There was no licensure. Um, so I kind of got the ball rolling with that. So everybody was compliant and healthy and safe with massage therapy. Um, then I decided, That's big yeah, it is. And I'm That's really cool. Yeah. And it was wonderful because some of the friends that I made when I was living down south, I worked at a really um, nice upscale hotel and a fancy kind of spa. And I met great friends working there. And some of them were nail techs or they were doing skincare. And they decided to come to my massage therapy program and they graduated from it. So I was like, if my friends can do it, <laughs> yeah, right. well done. Nice. So that was such a great experience. Um, but I missed being in Green Bay. I missed being with my family. So I moved back home and um, started another business again. Just, I'm like, if I can do it once before, I can do it again. So I linked up with some really great um, healthcare practitioners in the spa industry, and we formulated a tiny little wellness spa. And our focus was really on helping cancer clients. So I went back into the massage therapy world and started taking continuing ed in oncology services. 
and so did my skincare technicians. And then on top of that, might as well even get more crazy. I went back to school to become a naturopath. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, I, was like, I have nothing going on. Let's do this. Um, but I always really wanted to go to school, I think, to become a medical doctor. I just was overwhelmed with the process and how much money it costs to go to school. And um, the naturopathic school that I chose was a, a softer, more gentler approach to being into healthcare. And um, I just fell in love with holistic health when I was in massage therapy school. And I just kind of always knew in the back of my mind, this is the route I want to go into. And clients on my massage table knew that I was really into health and wellness and just always had vast questions about their health. And I never wanted to step out of my lane as a massage therapist and just give random health advice because um, that's dangerous. So just going back to school gave me the credibility and um, the clout to be able to help my clients with all things health. So um, I guess fast forward now, this last September, um, as COVID started to slow down and people were starting to get out and about again, I reopened uh, my private practice that I'm in now. I took a hiatus for a few years to raise my son and um, I just opened the doors and hung out the flag and I'm rocking and rolling again. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Really cool. Um, I have a question about your work with like cancer patients. Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting. Um, are there differences, things that need to be kind of looked out for? How does that all work? Yeah. So that's a great question because everyone has that question. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll approach it from my massage therapy point of view and a little bit of working as a naturopath as well. So when someone approaches me to receive an oncology massage, a cancer treatment mm -hmm. massage, um, and I meet with them for the first time, I, I reassure them that, you know, your cancer journey is kind of like being pregnant. Everybody has a different um, journey. And um, so don't feel overwhelmed that you're trying to gather all this information about your um, diagnosis or anything like that like let's just take a step back and take a breather um question number one is what type of cancer do you have um and if you're familiar with cancer there's so many and people come in all different stages a lot of the time i will see more i would say breast cancer clients and people with lymphoma versus like liver cancer or brain cancer. I think breast cancer is just so prevalent and women are usually the first ones to jump to take care of their health in a different way than mm -hmm. men would. Sorry guys, but um, yeah. And so women come in, maybe they come in and they've just newly been diagnosed and they're extremely stressed and they're overwhelmed. So no chemotherapy has started, no radiation, no surgery. Um, we're just starting at baseline. So they come in, they're just coming for the relaxation, the peace of mind to de-stress their body. And that's beautiful. Um, then cancer patients usually stick it out with me through their whole treatment and survival. Um, so sometimes they're coming in before a surgery 
And if it's breast cancer, I'll just use this as an example since it's so mm -hmm. um, many people are familiar with it. If it's breast cancer, let's say a woman will have to have her breast removed. We'll really work on that soft tissue in the chest wall, in the arms. We'll work the lymphatic system a little bit just to get the body prepped for surgery. Um, and that seems to really give great results to the client because people want to be in control of their health. And taking a step like that puts the ball in the patient's court. They're feeling really good, like, you know, I'm doing something for myself. I'm believing in the treatment. This is going to help my surgery be less invasive. And it really is. So sometimes I meet them right then and there. Some patients don't need to have any breast surgery removal. Maybe they just need to have a little port, a medical port put in right underneath their collarbone. And that port is for their medication. Um, usually chemotherapy could be for other drugs. So I have to be mindful if someone comes in with a port, if they're laying face down on my massage table, that might be a little bit uncomfortable. So I have to find ways to prop them up differently um, and then obviously avoid that area. I don't want to be massaging into that area. And then I see patients um, after surgery. And I think that's where a lot of healing really takes place. Um, as you know, with PT, the body is so remarkable. It has the capability to heal itself. It always wants to heal, but it needs some help. So after surgery, those tissues might have been cut into and sewn back up so tightly. It changes our fascia. It changes our posture. So I'm just there to help manipulate that tissue, open it back up, give it some space to breathe again. Maybe I'm working on some scar tissue to diminish the effect of that. So that's another way I'm approaching uh, my cancer clients. Sometimes I have people that reach out to me and they're at the last stage of their cancer. Um, they're terminal and I've gone into patients' homes to work on them just because it's more comfortable. And kind of at that point, we can really do whatever type of massage. Um, and that's a really beautiful process. I actually really enjoy being with people if they get to that stage, I don't want anyone obviously to get to that stage, but right. um, it's really, it's really um, a very intimate process and I love it. Um, some people with cancer, when they see me, they're um, maybe doing some radiation, they're doing chemotherapy, they're taking mm -hmm. experimental drugs. There's just a lot going on. The body's getting hit in all different avenues. Right. Um, your immune system is changing. Your hormones are changing. So these are just all little things I take into factor every time a cancer client comes in. It's really an individualized session. There's no one size fits all. So we just mm -hmm. kind of work with where the client is at. Okay. That's, that's really interesting. Um, does anything change based on their course of treatment, like what they're undergoing? Um, if it is chemo radiation, if it's in surgery, like based on what you can do or what they can kind of receive, I yeah. guess? Yeah, so I always um, have my cancer clients check in with their oncologist and their primary mm -hmm. care doctor, let them know, hey, I'm seeing a massage therapist. Um, what are the do's and don'ts of that? 
And I really haven't had any other medical practitioners say, oh, pump the brakes, don't get a massage. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Most of them are really for it because they see how effective it is for their patients. They see in their demeanor that it's changed them. Um, And I think that's a really big thing because that's a stressful process going through cancer. Um, And I think it also opens the door for their clients to be more mindful of their own bodies. People start to get interested in their diet, interested in maybe essential oils. And so it helps the client to be curious and once again, kind of take control of their situation. The only thing that really is contraindicated for cancer that I've worked with is um, lymphedema can be a little bit of a tricky situation. Some people, when they start to get the lymph nodes removed um, out of their armpits or maybe in their neck, it can be contraindicated if I'm moving fluid and really working on the muscle tissue in that area. It can make the lymphedema worse. Some people, actually, it can help shrink it down a little bit. So that's where I kind of like to lean into their oncologists and their primary care doctors and their PTs because they have so much more experience in that than I do. Um, That's not something that's really typically taught to an extent in massage therapy school. So I really always try to play it safe with my clients and check in with them. You know, they are pretty in tune with their bodies and what's going on. And they'll let you know, like, hey, it helps me when I get my arm worked on when I have this lymphedema. Or, you know what, I'm just not comfortable with this yet. Let's not touch that part of the body. Um, And so... Also, I don't want my client to feel disconnected when they're getting a massage. So with my energy medicine background too, I ask them, are you comfortable? Do you want me to just do a little bit of energy work on the arm um, just so you don't feel like something was missing? Because I don't look at the body in a reductionist type of view. I, you know, in one way, yes, we have to, a foot is a foot. But it's all connected, just like you know. If you have a client coming in and they're having terrible shoulder pain, they have really bad range of motion, and they're like, just work my shoulder, Trevor, I need help. You know, (laughs) you're like, great, let's do this. But you're also looking at that left foot and it's extremely pronated. You're like, hey, I mean, that ankle, we need to get that straightened out first. That's what's causing your arm most likely to be a little out of sorts. Mm -hmm. So I really. And then they look at you like crazy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then you t- teach them the whole concept of everything's connected. Right. And you get out your medical books and you show them what fascia is <laughs> and their mind is blown. Um, yeah, right. Because that's how we all got into this. Our minds were blown when mm-hmm. we started to find out mm-hmm. about all this information about our bodies. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think one thing for sure, whenever I have cancer clients to not to... Um, get off track here too much. I do my best to meet them where they're at. I just shower them with unconditional love and make their treatments unique to them. Just checking in always. What can we do today that's going to make you feel better? Do you just want to smell a bunch of like lovely lavender and orange essential oil? Do you need to cry on my table? Do you need to laugh? Do we need to, you know, whatever. And, um, I just do what I can within that time period. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. sounds like a ton of rapport building and trust. Definitely. I mean, that's invaluable, uh, honestly, especially going through something as extreme as cancer to have somebody in their corner that's really looking out for them. That's 
you know, outside of their traditional medical world, mm-hmm. you know, they got the hospitals that are kind of treating everything yes. else, but then somebody that will really sit down and listen. Um, and kind of what you alluded to earlier on is the importance of touch. So, I mean, that's just like, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Absolutely. And I think you nailed it on the head. There's a place for Western medical intervention and thanks be to God, we have that. If I go flying out of a bus, don't give me a piece of asparagus to help with my inflammation. I need to go to the (laughs) ER right now. You know, we need that. And um, medical doctors, they're under a lot of time constraints and pressure. They they don't have the time to sit and um, give you extra advice or help or sometimes even offer the bedside manner beyond the parameters of that 30 minute session they have with you. And honestly too, that that's not their realm that they weren't trained in dietary intervention. They weren't trained in giving a massage to their oncology patients. So um, yeah, it's a lot about trust. And that's one thing I've been really blessed with. Um, My previous business that I had, our treatment rooms were really large. And anytime I had a cancer client come, I invited their family to come that first session as well. And I wanted a spouse or a sibling or somebody that's on their care team to really see how I give a massage so they can do that at home for their loved one as well. Um, Or just watch to, I have a little bit of a nursing background. So watching me help that cancer client maybe get their TED socks on or off in the right way or helping them in and out of their wheelchair safely, because these are things that just get thrown at you. And if your family members have no clue about anything health, um, that's a hard path for them as well. So it just kind of leeches out beyond the cancer patient where you're, you know, trying to help the family support them as much as you can too. Um, And I really love that because we just, we all need each other. You can't just do do it on your own. Right. Yeah. That support. You need that support. Mm-hmm. And then sitting down and making sure everybody understands it and is all on the same page. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So you touched on energy work. Mm-hmm. Um, explain that a little bit because, yeah. I mean, I understand it's all around. Yes. And how does that incorporate into what you're doing? Yeah. Um, energy work. Everything. Yes. So I think that's kind of become a little more popular these days. Mm-hmm. People are looking into self-care treatment. Um, So the primary source of energy work that I practice with my clients is called Reiki. It's a traditional therapy um, from Japan. And how I explain it to my patients, when they come in and they lie on my massage table, um, you leave your clothes on so you don't have to worry about disrobing or getting underneath the sheets. And I'm placing my hands on main energy points in the body. And some of those points are our main organ points or like where our joints are, but really they're working on a different system than just organs and joints. They're working on energy points in our body called chakras. And a lot of people are familiar with that term. Um, There's seven of them. They start from above the head to the base of the tailbone. And these main chakras, the concept behind them, are they are connected to different organs in our body, connected to different emotional states, to different colors, sounds, and tastes. And sometimes we have a chakra 
that can be um, working at a rapid pace, or maybe it's a little bit undertoned. So I'm feeling in the body. And really, this is a technique that anybody can learn. It's just quieting your mind, being patient, working with an intuitive heart and hand. But you can feel on people if there's an imbalance. Just like an example, if you're around somebody, you can pick up on if they're stressed. You don't have to ask them, are you stressed today? You can feel that energy, <laughs> right. you know? When you go into a certain store or you go into a certain party, you can catch that vibe. You know, you can feel if it's positive or kind of down or whatever. Same thing with their bodies. So I think that because of just the state of the world today um, and not to get political or crazy, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of fear right now with people. There's so much unknown. And of course that's going to cause fear. We don't like to be out of control. We don't like to not know what's going on. So that causes stress, that causes worry, that causes anxiety, that causes the brain to just race, 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 race which causes the heart to race, 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 which causes the digestive system to either freeze up because we're in flight or fight, or it causes it to race, race, race. So I'm going in there and, I'm, and I do an extensive intake form with my clients. Um, I want to see what their symptoms are, any illnesses they've had, uh, things like that. So we go over that, but then I'm just kind of energetically tuning out what's, you know, fine tuning what's happening in the body, recharging the body or helping to quiet the body down. And most people will fall asleep on the table. Actually, they kind of go into the state of mind of really deep relaxation and the body's smart. Just like when we fall asleep, it's cleaning up. It knows what to do. It's getting rid of the garbage. So our bodies are kind of doing that during a Reiki session too. It just gives that space for our body to naturally uh, realign itself. And um, it's a really beautiful process. A lot of people will go into a really deep dream state. They'll come out and say, wow, I saw these colors or these tastes or sounds, or I've never felt so relaxed, or, you know, I've been really struggling with a certain problem just circulating in my mind. I think I have the answer. So wow. it's a very non-invasive treatment. Um, it's once again, it's different for everybody. I think that when I practice Reiki with my clients, um, the biggest benefit they get from it is just a sense of inner peace and just reconnection with themselves. And we just don't have enough alone, quiet time in our brains. So, you know, <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Yeah, so it, just, it creates that space. And I really love to give people a massage first and then end it maybe with like a half hour of Reiki because the body's okay. already just in this chill zone. And then the more mm -hmm. receptive you are to it, usually the better um, your energy alignment can be afterwards. So, yeah. It's a good pairing. It is. It's it really cool. And, you, you know, I, I offer to my clients too, if they're curious about it, come mm -hmm. in for a massage and let's just do a Reiki session for 30 minutes after no charge. Like, just let's see how you like it. And everybody has a little bit of a different style. Everybody feels things mm -hmm. differently as a Reiki practitioner. So I do have other therapists in the area that offer all different types of services. So if I'm not your fit, I'm more than happy to um, lead you to somebody that's a better fit for you. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's a big point too. I think some people let ego get in the way, mm -hmm. but it's important for 
my clients to understand that, you know, maybe we're not the best, right. but we'll help you find somebody that you relate to or vibe with better. Yeah. You feel that way. I, I think that's huge. And that's kudos to you for that, because that's a, not a lot of people can do that. Yeah, you know, and I think it's because part of us too, as practitioners, I mean, let's face it, we're, we're in business too, just like Costco's in business. You need to retain a clientele. You need people to come in the door. So some people don't want to lose out on that client. Um, but I just think, you know, there's so many people out there and you just, you have to have, just approach it with an open heart and be honest and share with others because it, you really get sent the clients that are meant to be in your path. There's room for everybody. And when a first time client comes to see me, I do have a little referral program that I work with a lot of chiropractors. And my offering is come and see me for a first time session at $50 versus $80 for my regular hour massage session. And I do that. So like you said previously, build that trust, see if they like my style, if I've helped them, if my clinic space is comfortable to them. If not, it really wasn't any sweat off their back. You can't even get a massage for that price at the student clinic at the massage school. So price-wise, right. it's oh, it's helpful for the client to test it out. But then also if someone sees me and they're like, you know what, I'm just used to a massage therapist that's very mechanical, hands-on, doing different types of treatment. Awesome. I know that person. He's down the street from me. You know, his name is Glenn at Function Through Fitness. Here he is. <laughs> you know, so um, I love that I actually have that opportunity that I know so many other therapists that have different styles because I don't want you to come and see me if you're not getting what you need. Like that doesn't make any mm -hmm. sense. So see somebody that you really jive with and that you're going to get what you need. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's what you got to do. I mean, it's, for your benefit, like yeah. the person's, the client's benefit, it's your health. So you gotta, you have to trust and I mean, know, like, and trust the person you're kind of handing your health over right. to. Right. Yeah. And that's a big thing too. I think it's, I think it's good for um, anyone seeking any type of medical care intervention to really um, spread your wings and test out a few different type of practitioners because you only have one shot at your health. And make sure it's the right fit for you, whether that's a dentist, an oncologist, a massage therapist, you know, get your feelers out there. You don't just go up to any realtor and just say, well, pff, you know what to do. Here's my money. Find me a house. <laughs> right. Maybe that would be easy for some of us. No, you go and you check out a bunch of houses and then you give that realtor your money. <laughs> you know? um, so, you know, shop around a little bit. It's good. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So naturopath, herbalist, let's talk yes. about that. I think that's super yeah. interesting. So with naturopathic medicine, um, it's a whole umbrella worth of uh, modalities that I can offer to my clients. And a lot of people seek me and they just say, I want to do stuff naturally. And that means different mm -hmm. things to people. Sometimes that means like, yeah, I was diagnosed with <laughs> heart disease and now I'm given this slew of medication, but I don't want to do that is usually how that's interpreted. <laughs> um, yeah. So one myth that I like to bust with my clients right off the bat is if you were diagnosed with whatever disorder, disease, heart disease, depression, there isn't a magical herb that's growing out in your garden that is going to mimic that statin or that antidepressant 100%. Mm. That's just not how it works. 
So Mm -hmm. we need to take a step back and once again, not have a reductionist point of view. Let's look at the whole body, see what's going on. If someone comes in with a cold, um, let's say they just have a really bad congestive cold, they're sneezing, it's just terrible, and they seek me for herbal medicine, there's a hundred different herbs I could give you for that cold. But how I determine what's going to work best for you is asking more questions about that cold. Is it hot and dry? Is it so mucousy and gross? Like what's happening with this? Because if I give you marshmallow root, which is a herb that's very softening and cooling, and I gave it to you and you already have a cold that's super groggy and mucus is flying everywhere, that's just going to worsen it. Okay. It's not going to help. So I need to give you something that's drying, that's hot, and that's going to pull that mucus out of you. Um, So with herbalism, there's so many different things to consider. Every herb has a different action. um, And some herbs are not warranted for certain people just because if they're on certain medications. Um, Some herbs are meant for a short period of time. Some herbs are meant to be taken for the long haul. Some herbs are taken because of their nutrient density and it's helping to replace mineral and vitamin loss in the body um, and be very supportive. Some herbs are just gonna help you if you just had back surgery. So it's such a vast um, wheelhouse, I guess, if you wanna put it that way, of what I have to look at when I see a client for any type of herbalist treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, In general, I would say though, herbs, are pretty safe. That's why people tend to want to use them. You're more likely to probably be injured from taking a prescription medication versus taking some herbs. And I tell my clients, if you're from, if you're getting curious about herbalism, look to your garden herbs, look to the spices that are in your um, spice cabinet already. Look at things like clove. It's so high in antioxidants. It's hot, it's spicy. If you have a toothache, this is old folk medicine, you can take that clove and rub it around your sore tooth and that's gonna give a little bit of a pain reliever type feeling. There's nothing too dangerous about that. That clove is gonna diminish in your body over time. You're gonna wanna put some more on it or if it gets really bad, go to your dentist. (laughs) You might have something else wrong. (laughs) Um, So for the most part, it's pretty safe and it's safe to use with children as well. I would suggest to seek out a practitioner that really knows what they're doing with herbs instead of just going to the grocery store and seeing, oh, this herb says back pain relief and take it. <laughs> I see that all the time. Yes. It's maddening. <laughs> it it's is. Honestly, maddening. It is. And um, this is where it pays to learn about herbs and anybody can learn about it. It just takes some patience and some time to sit down and concentrate on it. But start with, um, I would just say, Western herbs, things that are growing here in the States, because a lot of herbalism, when you look at formulations, they're either going to be herbs that are growing right here um, in the United States, um, familiar names like echinacea. We see that growing in our garden, the purple coneflower, elderberry, um, lemon balm, thyme, things like that. But then a lot of herbal formulations are in Um, Chinese or Ayurvedic herbs. And that's where it starts to get a little bit hairy. Because if you don't speak Chinese, if you aren't familiar with Ayurvedic medicine, 
you could be picking an herb that's just that could not be a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. So do some research on it. What's wonderful about the internet today and scary, but for the most part, <laughs> you can look up contraindications for herbs. What are their uses? What are their actions? How long should I take this herb for? What's the dosage? Um, and that I think is the biggest thing is dosing. Mm-hmm. Like some people might think more is better and they take a bunch of turmeric because they heard turmeric is really good for inflammation that's a hot one yeah and then like an hour later they're like my guts are rolling (laughs) what is this you know more isn't always better um so you have to definitely work with a skilled practitioner in that realm Mm -hmm. and there's and correct me if i'm wrong but i was just using uh turmeric for example there's ways to make that more bioavailable in the body Uh correct by like adding some certain things like i think black pepper paired with that makes it a little bit more yep things that have a little bit of spice and heat to it um cayenne pepper Mm -hmm. black pepper the pepper family in general um seems to drive in turmeric and anti-inflammatory type herbs like ginger make them work a little better in the body The science is limited, I will say that on herbs, because herbalism has been around for so long before internet. Can you believe that? Um, So (laughs) a lot of this is just passed on tradition, passed on information from just hands-on experience. So a lot of the Native American medicine hasn't really been um, strongly researched and um, it's just passed on generation information. Doesn't mean that it doesn't work, um, but if, when you try to really find a lot of scientific studies on herbs, um, it can be a little scant. You have to dig a little bit. And I think one of the reasons for that is there's not a lot of money to be made off of natural products like herbs. Mm-hmm. You can't patent a single herb. No one can own echinacea or turmeric. Um, so industry funding is just not there. Mm-hmm. So it's down to us clinicians to keep this going, pass on all the information that we've learned from elders and try it ourselves. I mean, I think the biggest way that I learned about herbs was taking plant walks myself in nature sitting with a particular herb looking at that herb does the stem have a square stem is it round is it hairy is it soft is it pungent when i crush the leaves between my fingers can i smell those essential oils um does it what does it taste like but be careful just because i said to go out and look at herbs don't start tasting a bunch of wild things well i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say i think there's an i can't remember the name of it but there's an app that I believe you can take a picture of yeah. certain things you find and it shoots it off to, um, I can't remember. It's basically like, like a research lab okay. and they'll get back to you within like a couple of days or so and tell you like, oh yeah, you can do yep. that, not do yeah. it. Just don't go eating random yeah, stuff. Yeah, don't go eat random stuff. <laughs> that's for sure. But there are some daring herbalists out there that I've been with that are like, yep. let's just try this. Let's see what happens. I'm like, okay, give me your mom's phone number in case. <laughs> because I need a point of contact but um you know it is it's fun like once you start looking and learning about herbs I know for myself like I would just go and take walks and I'm like wow there's wild roses growing right there I've been walking this same you know path for years I never noticed that plant was growing there 
or um, a familiar plant is stinging nettle, which if you have dogs or small kids, you probably know what that plant is because if your child or your dog gets into a stinging nettle, it does exactly that. It stings. The little hairs on that nettle sting the body. But nature was made so beautifully that there's typically another plant that grows right next to stinging nettle, and that's called jewel weed. And it's this really beautiful, orange, juicy, succulent looking flower. And when you take that flower and you squeeze it, it's almost like an aloe vera gel comes out of it. You can place it right on that little sting from those stinging nettles on your skin, and it's the remedy. So there is you know, like a beauty to just getting into nature and vibing with nature because it teaches us so much. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's, that stuff is fascinating to me. I think there's, that's something that I'd like to, you know, dive deeper into along with. I've got I know, me too. But, me too. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine in the time. But that, I think there's a lot that can be done in that world, in that realm, mm -hmm. especially to help people. Yeah. Um, and it's natural. I mean, I, like you said, it's, it's kind of a nice mixture and combination, but it's, it's something natural that you can add into your life, which has a lot of benefit to it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, um, starting with small things and just building that over time, all the different healthier, natural, I say that in quotes, like choices that we can make over time, it really makes a difference in our bodies. And that's mm -hmm. what I really like to, I guess, get across to my clients when they're making um, lifestyle choices to better themselves. It's not about perfection. It's about progress. I didn't get this way with my diet and lifestyle, you know, overnight, this is years and I'm still learning and I'm still doing different things and adding in different, you know, lifestyle changes. It's, it takes time to gain, you know, great vitality in your life. Um, but just because it takes time and there's so much out there that you can do, you know, don't be timid about it. Just jump in, just start today, start taking a 30 minute walk, get off soda, start drinking more water get out into nature. Um, what's it called? Forest bathing, the Japanese term. I forget mm. the name of it. It's like mm -hmm. Shinken something. I'm totally botching that. But it's showing, <laughs> it's showing up in medical journals as like a real therapeutic treatment to get out into mm. nature and just let nature bathe you with all of its goodness. Let the sun shine in, hear the leaves, um, all the goodness that it has to offer. Even psychologists today are, are getting away from um, offering more medical intervention with medicine and offering more techniques like that. Just get outside for a little bit. It's so yeah. important and it's easy. Yeah, it's, it's free. free. I know. That's what I tell people. Like, you know, we don't get a lot of sunshine here in Green Bay. Right. Right. <laughs> Come visit anyways. It's wonderful. But um, when it is sunny and it's sunny out today get out there, soak up your vitamin D in the way that you were meant to soak it up. Don't take it in a pill form is, is typically my suggestion. I'm not your medical mm -hmm. doctor. So take that with a grain of salt, but um, what's provided for us, take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And utilize it because 
It ain't here. I know. So get your (laughs) suntan on. Everyone's going to have a little bit of a red nose this Saturday when it's a high of 73. Oh, yeah. It's going to feel like a heat (laughs) wave. (laughs) It's going to be awesome, though. I can't wait. I can't wait. So when you're, do people come and see you just for that? Or is that part of, it sounds like a lot of them overlap. Like a lot of what you do overlaps because you are taking that full, like, 30,000 foot view with that. Mm -hmm. Yep, it definitely does. So primarily my practice right now is massage therapy because I'm revamping my natural health practice. It's a lot of educational material that I give to my clients because Mm -hmm. I want them to be committed. I don't want them to come in and just, you know, I want this one herb and be one and done because that's not going to affect your health for the long run. And if you're serious about your health and I'm serious about your health, I want you to be Mm -hmm. well and healthy for as long as you possibly can be. I want you to gain the knowledge that you need so you can understand why you're making these changes, how to implement these changes, how to share it with other people. I do have people that will reach out to me and ask for just specific therapy, like I just need help with diet. I just want to incorporate herbalism into my life. What does that look like? So I still do, yeah, I still do a full um, health intake because I need to know what's going on. I need to know if you're only eating chips all day. I can't just give you, you know, lemon balm and it's going to fix your life. We need to, (laughs) we need to back up a little bit and change some things. Um, But yes, sometimes I have parents, you know, shooting me a text in the middle of the night, my son spiked a fever, they've got XYZ going on, what can I do? In that acute Hmm. situation, absolutely. I can offer some herbalism um, advice, uh, or I have clients that are just, they know themselves, and this is a personal choice. And it's, you know, it's a intimate thing. Once again, like you said, you have to have that trust rapport, like, maybe something's going on hormonal wise, Maybe there was a very stressful event in your life. You don't want to spill the beans about all of it, but you can give me enough information about the state of your health where they're at the grocery store and they're looking at the whole aisle that says nervous system health, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm read me the ingredients that are on the back of that tea box or on the back of that tincture. Let me see if those herbs are going to match the symptoms in the constitution of your body. Um, so I definitely can do that for people. Uh, they don't need to see me for a massage just to get herbal advice. Um, it's a little bit of an a la carte menu when you do approach me mm-hmm. with your health. But in you know the bigger picture here is I do really like to take people on um, a total uh, wellness journey because I think that's where the the gold is. I think you have to master um, a lot of things in your life to unlock great health. I mean, you can get a, a combination lock kind of analogy. I like to use, you can have, you know, three of the numbers to your four number, um, lock. And if you put all three numbers in there, let's say you're eating the right things, you're exercising, you're sleeping, but the last number is stress. And you don't have that combination lock The combination lock won't unlock, let's say that way. If you don't Mm -hmm. add that stress component, that fourth part, um, if you can't master all those, you're never going to have complete total health. You have to really um, take it all on and look at all different facets of your life and try to do the best you can with those parts of your life to open that door to wellness. Mm, That's good. That's good stuff. 
and that's what again like like you kind of said people need that type of approach mm-hmm. because it's not just it's usually not just one little thing that's right. causing the myriad of stuff you got oh, going on a thousand percent and i think that's why I really love massage therapy when my clients, and you don't have to talk to me when you're on the table, that's perfectly fine, but so many people open up. And Mm -hmm. if I never had that conversation with people and they start telling me things, but they present with one symptom that's bothering them, I probably would have given them the wrong treatment. It's Mm -hmm. remarkable what people start to tell you that they don't put on their intake form. Yes. And you go, okay, Okay. Yes. I didn't know that about you. This totally changes everything. We need, we yep. need to fix this. Um, so yeah, um, definitely a whole body, mind, spiritual approach to well-being. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What people need. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what else? Anything else you want us to know about you, what you're doing? Oh, I mean, boy, um, I'm kind of a dinosaur with technology. So that might have been why <laughs> it didn't work in the first place. So you're not going to find me on any social media platforms. I'm sorry. Um, I have a website. <laughs> Massagebymaggie.com is my website. It's just really a landing page. I really like mm-hmm. to work word of mouth. And, um, and that's worked for me. I have, you know, clients coming through the door, which is fantastic. Eventually, when I develop a different program for my naturopathic uh, approach, you'll probably find me on social media um, just because that's the way people connect these days. And it is great Mm -hmm. to shoot quick little tidbits of fun information. I love educating my clients, whether that's, I'm, I'm crazy guys. I'll take my cell phone. I'll, you know, record a video of what I'm making for dinner because my clients are curious about it and they want to follow the techniques that I'm using and see what's in my pantry. So it's little things like that. Stay tuned that I'll probably post up on social media um, because knowledge is power as cheesy as it is, you guys. But um, the -hmm. more that we know how to take care of ourselves, the better we're going to be. Yeah. And educating people, it's empowering for them. I think that's something that we try to do as well as, you know, you got this going on, but this is why, Mm -hmm. and we're going to like the tour guide, let's teach you how to do this stuff so that you know how to take care of yourself. Yeah. And then pass that on to your kids and your family and friends. And right now I'm teaching some health classes at a local high school and I'm so impressed with these teenagers because they're so curious about how to take care of themselves. They were never taught some of these things that we're learning about simple things, even just how to grocery shop, how to read nutrition labels. What does it mean to have organic food versus um, conventional food? Is this dangerous to eat, you know, conventional food? I mean, all these questions that they have. And then we meal plan together. And then I'm really sneaky and I make like brownies, but I make them from black beans and dates and I freak them out and they eat it anyways. And they're like, what, this was brownies. Like, why did you put all this stuff in here? And, but they like it. So, um, educating is really, it is, it's a really big part of my practice. Hey guys, we ran into a little bit of a glitch at this part of the episode, but luckily Maggie's a rock star and we were able to pick up right where we left off. But if it sounds a little odd, that's just because my editing skills suck. Enjoy the rest of the show. The more that we can pass on to our kids about health and wellness, 
that's just such a gift. I talk about this with clients and my husband all the time. Like you can have all the money in the world, all the access to whatever goodies the world has to offer. But if you don't know how to take care of yourself and take care of your loved ones, you know, how much worth is actually in your life? I mean, it's just, it's invaluable to know how to take care of yourself. It is. It is. And you start to see a shift. I like to see the mind shift. Like when they start to really catch on, like clients really start to catch on to that stuff. Like, oh, I can do this. It's not that hard. It's so great. And I love it when I have clients that text me like, you'll never believe what I did. Like I made my own, you know, herbal infusion from the herbs I grew in my backyard and it tastes good. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like good for you. Um, But it's, it's so fun. And the science is ever changing. We're discovering so much. Um, I'll always be a lifelong learner. It's just like you said, I, you have all these ideas of more things you want to study and learn about. We just need more time. <laughs> I know. I say that to Erica all the time. Like, I just want to sit down and learn all the things, but I don't know when to do it. I know. It's just, yeah, it's so much. And, um, but I think that's another way that I build trust with my clients is I really try to help them make informed medical decisions. and I sift out all of the nonsense that is fed in their world because there's a lot of myths out there as you know about health and wellness and so i get people asking me just random questions about whatever oh you know someone lost 40 pounds on the keto diet um i've just been eating cheese for like two weeks what do you think about that well (laughs) um so we have to take some steps in educating and um learning why you're just eating cheese for two weeks right. and <laughs> see where the imbalance is with that. Um, yeah. That's good stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you're, what you're doing is so cool and we'll be sure to link to the website. Um, well, is that the best way for people to reach out to you as well? Is there like yeah, a check out my there? website. Yep. You can email me. Okay. I have people do it the old fashioned way. Just give me a phone call, shoot it. me a text message. Um, and I'll be in touch with you and we can speak before we make any type of an appointment to see if I am the right fit for you mm-hmm. um, and I just see. take it from there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, things that I can't offer, I don't take people, I don't put people on medication. I don't take them off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do blood draws, things like that. But I have other practitioners in my uh, realm that I can refer out to. Awesome. So, yeah. Super cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. I've got... A few questions for you then, and I'm I'm sure. interested to hear your answers. Um, so because you alluded to medical journals, I'm really curious to hear this one. What is your favorite health related book? Oh my goodness, PubMed. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the independent journals, I I really like to take more. I like to look through those because I'm very weary of scientific research because. Mm. There's a lot of things you have to take into consideration when you're looking at research. You know, was this industry funded? Mm, What's the study design? Was the study done long enough? You know, what type of cohorts are we looking at? There's a lot that goes into making up um, great medical Mm -hmm. research. And a lot of things get published that are 
not so great. And that's where I think a lot of confusion comes into what is good for us and our health is sometimes you can't believe everything that you read Mm -hmm. or it can be skewed in a way to make it look a little shinier than it is. So you have to take a little time to to look at things. But um, I love any type of book that is diet related and probably one of my favorite books that I like to just read over and over again is called Missing Microbes hmm. by Martin J. Blazer, MD. And it is mind blowing. You don't have to have a very scientific brain to read this book. It's just so beautifully written and it's all about the microbiome. Hmm. It's all about the bacteria that lives in us and around us and what we can do to fuel that good bacteria and what harms it and um, how it's depleting in our world and how we can replenish it. And um, it, it's just, it's so interesting. I mean, we have a hundred trillion cells in our body, but we have three, I'm sorry, 30, let me think, 300 trillion microbes just in our microbiome in our gut. That's incredible. There's more microbes living in our colon than there are people in the entire oh. world. Like, what Crazy. does that mean? <laughs> right. And now I'm losing everybody on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, I'm like, that is fascinating. So yeah, that's probably one of my most favorite books. I'm going to check that one out. <clears throat> I read um, yeah. Brain Maker. Mm-hmm. That's a good one, too. Yeah, I like that one a lot. So I'm definitely going to check that one out because the gut, it's so interesting. Yes, it is. And there's so and much going on in it. The, um, the brain-gut connection too. Mm-hmm. I love all that. If I, if I had the mental capacity and the time and the money, I would go into probably neurology. Mm-hmm. I just love studying things about the brain as well. And there's just so much that we don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's a fact. Um. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite health-related activity to do in the area? Yeah, I would say, um, I would say honestly, just going through walks in any type of forest-type setting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little park that I used to take my son to when he was a little guy, um, and it's just built into a little neighborhood. It's called Sherwood Forest, and I've just found so many different wild plants and mushrooms and trees growing there. And it's just a short little path. It's nothing too long. So you can take your little kids on it and they don't tire out too fast. But um, I've just made such good memories there with my son, having him sit down on carpets of moss and feeling the moss and smelling the moss. And um, it's just a really good little break in the day to go and take a walk through there. That's awesome. That's cool. And then what is one piece of advice that you would give somebody that is looking to change their lifestyle to more like healthy lifestyle, make some good changes, some good habits? Mm -hmm. Where where should they start or what would you uh, tell them? Yeah. So this could be a whole nother podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep it short. Um, I think a couple things. Drink more water breathe Mm. we do not know how to breathe taking deep slow breaths check in with yourself is your chest tight 
Are you breathing from your stomach? Um, are you breathing at all? A lot <laughs> of people are just holding their breath. You know, drink more water, breathe better, get outside. I don't care if it's negative 30, we're used to it. Right. Bundle up, get outside for some time every single day. Doesn't matter what time of day, just get out there. And people are going to not like me after this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Dietary wise, get off of dairy. Mm. I said it. Yep. No more cheese curds. <laughs> Sorry, people. It's just been such a big thing I find in people's food journals that really hinder their health. So I think getting away from dairy is one nutritional piece of information I can offer to people to better themselves. Mm -hmm. Those are great. I mean, those are probably the top three things in great starting places, easy, actionable steps. And listen to the Green Bay Health podcast. Yeah. You have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, people. Honestly. Awesome. Well, Maggie, thank you again. I'm glad we were able to make this work, even though we had a little glitch in there. <laughs> probably one of my chakras. Sorry, people. <laughs> I'm so glad that we could do this. I'm really honored. And I mean, this is just such a wonderful experience. I, I love this. This is great. Thank you. That's awesome. I, I'm glad that we were able to make this happen. Um, we'll have to have, have it back on because I feel like there's a lot more that we could talk about. For sure. And I, I won't make any cracks at dairy maybe the next time. Yeah, so you can do it. Have this. at it. <laughs> just hit them. <laughs> more they hear it, yeah. the more it'll start to sink in, right? Right. Oh, well, thank you, Trevor. Mm -hmm. This was such a wonderful time. Awesome. I appreciate yeah. it. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you later, guys. If you would like more information about us at Movement Performance and Rehab, or information on one of our guests, or if you have a contact that would be a good guest for this podcast, please send us an email at info at mvmtgb.com. That's info at movementgb.com.